spent too much time in California. Now I got that Rona. Gotta be a loner. Staring at my phone. Gotta be a loner. Hey, all you cool cats. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. Hey, all you cool cats and kittens. It's me, Judy. And we're back for another episode of the Alonavirus podcast. Because the real trying element of this pandemic is that we're all experiencing this in these weird alone pods. Maybe we're all alone. Maybe we have a partner, a friend. Good timing. Yes, well, I hope you all are staying home. I really hope y'all are staying home, you know, doing your thing, eating that food, putting on that uh, COVID-19, if you know what I mean. So, that's about the best you can do. That's all I'm asking for. Wait, oh, didn't hit the camera. So, I'm excited about this episode. Again, we're painting a picture about how this pandemic truly is global and it's affecting everybody. Okay, alright, he's behind the camera. Hey, no, no. Just relax. All right, don't don't rub your face against. Don't nope nope. Okay. Ah, <laughs> uh, and today I'm actually very excited to bring this to the world and uh, on a much more serious note. Um, you know, I talked to my friends Allison and Andrea from. From Italy. Well, they live in Rome, Italy, uh, and as we know, Italy has been hit. It's been one of the countries most uh, devastated by the coronavirus. So um, they have a, an interesting perspective, and they have some advice, and they tell their story of what it's like there now. So I really hope that people will listen to it. I think it's uh, it's a very important story to tell, and hopefully, we can take something from it. Take something right out of it. Hopefully not the coronavirus, but we already have that, so we don't need to take it. Let's give it back to the bats. But they probably still have it, too. It's just everywhere. I mean, okay, we're, let's check in. Things are getting still worse. Uh, we're on lockdown, hopefully. Some places are starting to get it. Virginia locked down till uh, what, June 10th? Which is smart. It makes more sense to uh, to just throw it way down there, just cast it way down the calendar, and then reel it back if you have to. But guess what? We're probably not going to have to. I think June 10th is a much more reasonable uh, place to be looking right now than uh, well Easter. As of, I think at the time that I'm talking to my friends in Italy, there was still the whole. Hopeful, let's open up by Easter. And Italy has their own take, you know, being a uh, Catholic place. Uh, Easter's a big deal for them. So that's something that we touch uh, we touch on and we talk about uh, how that's going to hopefully go down or not go down. And, uh, you know, what else? Everything's getting political. Masks are being politicized. It's just, uh, it's insane. And, and I want, what I really want to talk about is the immune system and immunity and how things are looking right now. But uh, I'm going to save that for a different podcast on its own. 
But the mask thing is really kind of crazy because we still don't have evidence, despite what everyone's saying. We, there's still no evidence that the virus itself is airborne. And most transmissions are from surface to hand to mouth and stuff like that. Unless you're really in like cough or, or sneeze, well, mostly cough range or talking range with somebody. Because we don't, we don't see a super high um, transmission rate in hospitals. There is some. There's absolutely some. Hospital, if you can avoid it, don't go there. If you got a, something minor, do, you don't want to go to the hospital. That's the last place you want to be right now. I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it's okay. But I think if it were truly airborne, we would see much higher numbers, especially in hospitals. And uh, people are going back and forth about masks and... People are saying like, oh, you know, if we had endorsed masks at the beginning, then we would have avoided this. I don't think so. May, you know, maybe a little bit. There is evidence that countries that, are, um, that have been wearing masks have lower, uh, lower overall prevalence of the disease, but it, it still has to do with regulations. It's, it, it's person to person, but most of the masks that people are wearing are not filtering out viruses. They're a reminder... That person's sick, let's stay away from them, let's not touch our face, all that kind of thing. And so they, they absolutely serve a purpose. If I see a person with a mask, and I don't because I don't leave the house, but if I saw a person with a mask, I'm not going near that person, because I'm going to assume they're sick, because I'm going to assume we're all sick. And that's how we still have to operate, because everything's, you know, super backed up, still don't have a treatment, vaccine's still looking... 18 months away. Um, I did see an interesting thing about, um, I guess it's like smart thermometers or thermometers that are kind of hooked up to uh, the internet. And uh, you can see how uh, you can see on a map um, pockets of, of fevers and how fevers are associating with outbreaks of the disease. And right now that's not super helpful, but as cases decrease and we're out of this place that we are which we're not but once we're at a more manageable place i think that'll be really useful to see like there's a big pocket of fever over here in this part of the country let's uh you know start up testing let's reinstitute self-distancing all that stuff the future is going to be interesting it's going to look different and i I've been thinking a lot about how things are, I think social interactions are going to change and maybe not, you know, you and your friend, but I think, you know, from a place of coming from uh, working with actors and theater and stand-up comedians, I think those industries might be changed, or restaurants, you know, places where people, people gather, I think those places might take a hit in the future because... There's no way to guarantee that this thing is going to go away, and I want to talk more about immunity, but right now it doesn't look like immunity is a permanent thing. Like, you get a measles shot as an infant, and you're, you're essentially good for life. You know, these antibodies don't seem to stick around, and that's something I want to explore more. We don't have a great idea of what that is. There's no great treatment, so it may just be a good idea for a while to not be in groups of a lot of people, and that's going to affect people's jobs and different industries and uh it's gonna be it's gonna be weird but uh, you know hopefully things 
like that can get back to normal. I don't want to live in a world without stand-up comedy shows live. And I hope, you know, we don't have to. But it's going to be weird. It's going to be different for sure. So anyway, uh, before I get too, too rambly, uh, here's a podcast with Allison and Andrea in Rome, Italy. Cue in the bistro music. Thanks so much, Allison and Andrea, right? Is that, yeah. Am I saying that correctly? Perfect. Okay, awesome. I'm Jordan. This is, this is my, uh, my, my new podcast, the Alonavirus podcast. And it's kind of like, it's silly. Um, just because what we're most infected by here is like just the fact that we kind of have to be alone or like alone together. And it's just this weird thing that's like affecting everybody on the planet right now. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just kind of wanted to talk to you and kind of see what your experience has been like. So you guys are where in Rome? You're in Rome. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so the situation in Italy, um, I mean, it's mostly affecting the North in terms of it being, you know, like the level of seriousness. So I don't know um, if you're familiar with like regions like Lombardy, maybe folks have been hearing like that name in the news. Yeah. Um, so it's a little outside of Milan. And uh, I mean, our hearts have been kind of breaking in consistently hearing that the hospitals are completely overwhelmed. Um, doctors have been forced to just make decisions I could never imagine having to make in terms of, you know, which patient they might prioritize. Um, it's pretty bad. Yeah. Yeah. That's um, kind of what got me to, take it seriously because I was um you know in the beginning the news was not very uh we there wasn't a lot of information available even when things were starting to happen in Italy and you know China before that and uh people kind of looked at it a little bit like not a big deal for a while and then I read uh, an article from it was like written anonymously by a doctor in Italy and it said that she had to um she had to choose between like intubating like a healthy 40 year old woman who she was otherwise healthy. And then all of a sudden is like incapacitated and, and essentially dying from this. And then, you know, somebody else and she's making these decisions. And I was like, okay, I'm not that far away from 40. Like this is real. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And we all have, you know, loved ones who are in later stages of their life and who are, you know, even more risk. So like, for example, Andrea's parents live in the North. And so when this all started to happen, even before the quarantine was kind of put into action throughout the entire country, we like just let go of any sense of going up and seeing them just because we knew that it could endanger them. Um, but that's also such a strange sort of feeling of like, these are his parents, and if and they get into a situation where their health is compromised, 
we cannot we go there. Leave. Like we can't even leave Rome at this point. So it's very weird. And from what I'm understanding, it's, I think a similar thing is starting to happen in the U S is that it's so I don't know if I fully understand what the, like what it's like in Italy. Is it like a top down? Like you can't leave. Yeah, we can't leave. So, um, Oh, I think it was March 9th is when the entire country went on lockdown. And at that point, we could not leave like our city. So we couldn't even like go to the next, you know, town over. Um, people were still allowed to go out, like to exercise, like if you wanted to take a run, um, obviously to get groceries or to go to work or if you needed medical attention. Um, and since then they've gotten even more strict with that. So if we go out, we have to have a piece of paper with us to show the police about like where we are going so that they can verify that we're out for the right reasons. Um, and yeah, like I haven't left the since building since, yeah. yeah, that weekend, I think. And Andrea has been the one to go get groceries, yeah. uh, which is like also a very strange experience. So he always goes with a mask. Um, they allowed only few people to get into the supermarket at the same time. So we have long lines out of the supermarket. But, even but in, luckily we never got, we never suffered any shortage. Yeah, like the grocery stores are well stocked. Um, but when you do go to the grocery store and you're waiting outside, people have to stand a meter apart. Yeah. Uh, the one day they were only letting one person in at a time yeah. to do their shopping. And obviously, like when you go into the checkout line, everyone stands a meter apart. Everyone that's working in the supermarket is masked and they have gloves. Everyone's giving out hand sanitizer to people entering the store. So it's very strange. Yeah. Uh, where do you get the piece of paper that the like the hall pass? So it's available on the internet and you're supposed to print it out. Um, which obviously like not everyone has access to a printer, but not even in, necessarily the internet. <laughs> but in that case, uh, the agent that might stop you has some, so you can fulfill in front of the agent and so you're fine. So when you walk outside, are there like, is there, how are they enforcing? There's like people every block or like police just doing rounds or what does that look like? So we, I mean, we can only, I guess, talk about like our immediate area. So we're in the center by all the monuments. So it's very regulated here. Mm. I, but we have friends that live outside of the center and they've kind of given us a sense that it's not so heavily enforced um, or regulated. Uh, like I can look at the window right now and see police officers, was it the Esercito? Yeah. Yeah, like the army folks. Um, on the streets, uh, from what we understand, like, you know, the roads leading out of Rome are, um, being monitored so that people can't leave. Um, there's or no, they can leave, but only with specific needs, like, and they have to yeah, show this they have to show. documentation that yeah. allow them to go out. Wow. Um, and, um, like how, uh, well, okay. 
how far from like Lombardy are you guys? Like if you were to drive there, how long that would that take? I mean, like six Driving, hours. Yeah, it would be at least six hours. I'd say six hours. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Six, seven hours. That's a pretty significant distance then. Yeah. Yeah. But when... it's three hours with an high speed train. Yeah. But one of the things that happened was, uh, what was it? March 8th. So the night before they implemented the quarantine throughout the country, uh, the far right party leaked that this was going to happen. So people in those like regions that were most affected immediately started to leave. And so they traveled back to the South. So now we're starting to see that cases are, you know, case numbers are starting to go up in the yeah. South. Yeah. So that was all, that was more than two weeks ago or that was about two weeks ago. Yeah. So, wow, that makes sense. And well, from what I've seen, the the total um, the the incidence rate in Italy overall seems to have been going down a little bit. Like you're still getting more cases, but um, it like a few days, and then didn't it go back up? And we had like more than a thousand deaths. Almost one thousand deaths yesterday. Yeah, so it's hard to say like if the trend yeah. is actually going down. Okay. Yeah. Wow. And do you, so I've been kind of looking into this, but do you have an idea why Italy was hit so hard and also why the outcomes seem to be so much worse? You might be able to better speak well, to that. Well, it could know. be a matter of age, the oh, average yeah. age of people. So among, you know, among the EU, among the European Union, Italy is one with the... Oldest population. oldest population. So Italy's economy has not been good for and quite some time. So there's a lot of young people that leave Italy to uh, seek employment. Um, young people aren't having kids. So yeah, the population here just is older. I see. We've been, I would say very unlucky in terms of having outbreaks inside hospital because at the beginning it was not clear. So people stick, get into hospitals seeking for help without specific procedures. So it's spreaded immediately. And, and this happened in Bergamo and in the Northern areas. So, and so, oh, go ahead. All together into an area that like Bergamo and Milan, which was the, the core of the economy of Italy in which Everyone, everyone was passing by, goes back and forth. Uh, it spread immediately there. Wow, I see. Um, the other thing um, that I think is important to understand is that Lombardy, for example, has an excellent healthcare system. Like Italy, the northern Italy is like their healthcare system is one of the top in the EU, and even they were like brought to their knees with this. So imagine, you know, this, an outbreak happening, like one thing everyone's concerned about here is it happening in the South, which is in a much different economic situation and they just don't have the resources, the infrastructure to handle anything like this. So, yeah. Wow. Um, okay. And so like, what is the general vibe? Like, I'm sure you're in touch with 
other people in your area, your age, like friends and all this stuff, like are people still supportive? Like, this is what we need to be doing. We're doing the right thing. Or are people kind of like losing it? Uh, I think it depends. So some people I think take this very seriously. Other people, <laughs> and I, I have such a strong emotional reaction to this because it makes me so incredibly enraged. Some folks are just like, I want to go get my hair cut. Like, I'm going to go do that. And I'm going to go still have an aperitivo and bring wine and socialize. And I'm sick of this. And um, that's incredibly frustrating. And yeah, so, so you, it depends. Yeah. Do you think like the Italian culture, as opposed to like more American culture, uh, who do you think would react to um, something like a, a a police enforced quarantine like who's going to be able to handle that better in your opinion hmm oh I don't know or um, just nobody maybe I don't I mean I don't know as much about the relationship that like the general population has with the police here it's fine like mutual respect yeah we've talked about this before yeah. where i like for <laughs> i've explained to andrea like if i were pulled over by a police officer in the united states i'd be like terrified yeah um I, I think that there's like a general mistrust of the police in the united states and here different in that yeah. way like it's just yeah he did, he's like what <laughs> yeah in fact when she explained me this concept the first time i was very surprised so Interesting. So you look at the police as people that are helping you. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting. Yeah, that's pretty different. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but so, everything that I think is important to understand about the culture here um, is, I think, so Italians, I guess, have this word forbizia, which is like the cleverness of like the cleverness you have to get around the rules because the Italian bureaucracy is like an absolute nightmare to navigate. So people have to figure out ways to get around it. So there was a lot of concern initially about Italians being able to like follow the rules, you know, with this quarantine because it's just maybe embedded more in the culture to <laughs> try to get around, you know, restrictions. Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's hard. It's weird to get a sense of if people are following the rules because we can't like leave our house and kind of witness, yeah. you know, our people out and about. And just because of where we live, I don't know if we necessarily get um, a true sense of what things look like because we do live more in like the touristy area. So I think just naturally it's more cleared out because there aren't tourists here right now. Right, that makes sense. Um, and so how are you guys doing? Is it, are your lives completely different? Like, are you still able to work, anything like that? Yeah. Yeah, I, so I go to language school online now. Okay. Uh, Andrea Likely, is yeah. much more affected by this um, just because, you know, he was going to work every day and mm. now he works 
home. He's all, his role is actually different now. So he was asked to be on a task force that's responsible for coordinating companies to try to produce masks and ventilators, like within the country, right? Yeah. Um, so yeah, because all the supplies comes from China. So we are trying to establish some sort of production into the country in order to be independent. Because right, right now there's some sort of commercial war in China to be able to, every, every country to supply hospital and people. So right. we would like to be able to produce internally. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, is there just a general shortage in personal protective equipment in Italy as well? There definitely is here. Yeah, well, absolutely. In terms of mask, the one that should be used by MD, for sure, we, we need more and more and more. And we are trying to give to the hospital in the south more ventilators in order that if an outbreak would happen down there, we, like they would be able to help and save people. Because like all the hospital needs a lot of ventilators. If they will be suffering an outbreak, for sure they're gonna need ICU for many people. Does it, does it seem like just from your perspectives that the lockdown is working or is like, I know it's not really a question that you can just answer, but does it feel like things are improving? Like generally? We were talking about this today. So it's, I guess, even at this point, it's like hard to get a sense. I mean, we were definitely happy to start to see the numbers start to drop a few days ago. Um, but like Andrea was saying earlier that without some sort of system where they're like tracking people, it's really hard to get a sense. Like everyone's just kind of been told, yeah, you gotta stay home right now. We have no idea when this is going to end or how, like what the path ahead is in regards to like maybe just allowing like a sector of the population to resume more normal life. Um, and like for Andrea, it's, you were saying earlier, it's like frustrating because yeah. it seems like, you know, looking at places like South Korea where they did implement some system of tracking that it was like a lot more effective. Like right now we gave up to our lives, like trying to just following the rules and following this shutdown. But the sense that I'm feeling now is that we're losing an opportunity because in this moment, when most of the people are at home, this would be the right moment to implement a system of tracking in order to be able to just don't stay in a shutdown for so long, just areas that are not affected by the virus, being able to go out and start working again and be productive again, but always monitoring and keep people under control. So. If you don't implement this while you have the people at home, I don't know how you can let the people go out again. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, what sort of information are people getting from the government? Like, is there a timeline in place? Like, is there an expected lift on the, the lockdown? Well, uh, right now it's still, I mean, we were told that it was supposed to last until April 3rd, but I think everyone knows that's going to be extended 
one major concern is that Easter's coming up and what is it, the, is it Easter Sunday that Italians? It's oh, the, the Easter Monday, the Pasquetta. Yeah. So this is like a huge holiday in Italy and everyone gets together, you know, to eat and make food and celebrate. And so I think everyone's afraid of what's going to happen. Are, people, are Italians actually going to honor, if we're still in quarantine, which I think it's safe to say we will be, um, you know, are Italians going to, you know, stick to the rules? Yeah. <laughs> Do you think people are willing to... Uh put their their holiday aside for this crisis or we just got know. invited to someone's easter oh no <laughs> <laughs> so, if that's any any indication yeah. we are not going by the way yeah okay, okay. <laughs> man yeah yeah that's i mean that seems like it's going to be an issue here too yeah President's talking about wanting to lift everything by Easter. And I'm just like, that doesn't make any sense, especially like we're weeks behind where you guys are as far as the, the epidemic. And it makes no sense. And it's definitely scaring me. We really hope that in your case, the, like the numbers will get slow and slow immediately. But for what we observed, uh, you need you need time and you need time in the shutdown and and i guess right now that varies from state to state like from my understanding the federal government hasn't stepped in and said like you know like kind of a blanket quarantine for the country it's yeah no california is on lockdown and then it's other states well I, i'm in pennsylvania right now and we're by county and it just keeps expanding so i don't know why they don't lock the whole state down to like try to get ahead of it Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. It's crazy how contagious it is. Just, well. Okay. Also because the virus doesn't know any. Any boundaries. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Andrea was asked to be a part of this task force. So um, that was like last Wednesday. Yeah. So I was immediate, immediately panicking because I was thinking, oh my gosh, he's going to have to go into an office which is what we anticipated. He had been told, hey, we're setting up an office for you at the Civil Protection Building. And um, they didn't have it set up yet. So the rest of the week, he just worked from home. And then we found out over the weekend that, what was it, 12 wow. people in that office were tested positive. So it's just like, yeah. <laughs> and this is a situation where, you know, we were making the, I think we were trying to comfort ourselves by saying like, well, he's going into like, you know, a government building. They're probably much more vigilant about making sure everyone stays protected. And, you know, even in that situation, there was an outbreak. So it's yeah. just so hard to get a hold of. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Yes. Are people talking about um, immunity and how that plays a role or like serological testing and that kind of thing? you would be able to speak more to that. So serological testing would be testing folks. Like antibodies. Antibodies um, to see if like, even if you had a past infection, right? Mm -hmm. Understanding. Um, yeah, I'm not sure yeah. what the nature of the testing is here. 
Um, oh wait, sorry, getting a message. Um, but one of the things that happened early on uh, was that Italy was actually pretty proactive in testing people that were asymptomatic. And so what started to be shown was that the problem was much larger than anyone had thought. And so the rest of the EU started to react to this and started to like ban Italians from traveling into their countries. And so because of that, Italy responded by stopping their testing of people who are asymptomatic. Oh my God. It was a horrible move, <laughs> but yeah. So, well, even healthcare workers can't get tested here. So that's what I've been hearing. It sounds insane. I have a friend um, who lives in New Jersey who I guess was tested not this past Tuesday, but the Tuesday before, and she still doesn't have her results. Like she had to go call like all of these numbers. What? Explaining like doctors weren't helpful. They were like refusing to give her certain medications. Like it just sounded like a nightmare. And she's kind of laughing now because her symptoms have, you know, resolved. But she's like, I don't, I still don't know if I had it. Like that's the same thing that happened to me. Like I was pretty sick for almost three weeks and it lined up pretty, pretty much exactly like a lot of the people, yeah, with the symptoms of the virus. And I was driving home and I was, I was doing my best to keep my distance. Like I avoided the airport. I drove home for three days. Like I just did everything I had to do to just like eat or sleep on the road and not talk to anybody really. Um, <laughs> and so I got home and I tried to see a doctor and they were like, it, it, they made it really difficult. Like I went to urgent care and they were like, well, you're going to have to go to the emergency room, but you don't have the right symptoms. So you can't get a test anyway. And I was like, okay. So eventually I had like a, a televisit with a doctor somewhere else. And she was like, okay, well, you qualify. You have the right symptoms. We can order you a test. And this was a Friday. And then they scheduled the test for Monday. And by the time Monday rolled around, I was totally fine. And they were like, yeah, if you feel better, don't come in. It's not worth it. And it was like a 40-minute drive. And I was like, I'm not doing that. Yeah, so I'll, I'll never know unless I get an antibody test. Right. So was the test that, do you know if the test that they were going to give you was going to be a serological? No, it was uh, the, to see if I was an active case. It was a swab. Okay. Sorry, I'm like laughing because the, the word for swab in Italian is tampone. So like every time Andrea says it in, in English, he's like, oh, the tampon. And I'm like, don't say that. <laughs> We need a little comic relief. That's perfect. <laughs> so, if you could give the give us any advice if you were talking to everybody right now everybody in, in the US what, what, do you, what would you say I mean maybe until any possibility of like starting to track people more extensively like please stay the fuck home like it's not worth it. Don't endanger other people. Like, I don't know if, if like self-motivation isn't working and thinking about your own health, like, please think about other people. Um, you could, you're saving lives by staying home. Yeah. yeah. It's the easiest thing you've ever been asked to do. Yeah. Like if you're not, you know, required by your work to 
to leave your house and, and go into your job, like stay home. Yeah. Yeah. We could also say that in rather than stimulating economy with 2000, I don't know how many dollars, maybe helping people would be better in terms of government. That, that could be an idea too. Yeah. Because well, in a way we are having some welfare system that is helping. Like there are companies that needs to lay off people, but those people will receive money, the, the 80% of the salary for many months till the company will be able to hire them back. So it's a, it's an help to companies, but it's, it's a, it's an actual help for the people. So I would start thinking about the people that will be laid off or will have no income for the next weeks and months. Yeah. Because like for us, it's easy to say, to, to say, stay home because, because the government, I think there's, because there's someone taking just, care. Yeah. Like, yeah, that's it's the system to take care of citizens, even, I mean, the healthcare system, like I'm not employed here right now and I can still access the healthcare system for free. Um, when this all started, you know, my parents, I think just out of fear, were asking me to come back to the U S and I was like, I don't have healthcare there. Like it's better for me to be here. Um, yeah. so that's just, continually continually mind-blowing to me is free healthcare and just even when you do need serious medical procedures not being hit with like you know ginormous bills Andrea's uh, dad went through um, cancer treatment that also involved major surgery where they did remove an organ and reconstruct it and I asked Andrea, like, wow, like, what was the bill for that? And he was like, oh, he didn't pay anything. And I was like, what? And he was shocked to, to know, to start to learn, like, what Americans pay in healthcare. It's just absurdity. And it's yeah, not. Americans value money over people, for sure. Mm -hmm. Not me, personally, but <laughs> Americans in general. Yeah. It's pretty sad. So I actually did want to ask you, are you... So you'd rather be in Italy with a, a taxed healthcare system that's like, you know, at maybe at its maximum than, than here with no health insurance? Or I guess that's- Well, I, think, I don't think it's, um, I mean, I, I obviously wouldn't want to be in a situation where I'd go to a hospital and be denied care because they were overwhelmed. Um, I guess the question is like, do you feel safer? I mean, in Rome, yes, because the situation isn't at that like critical level here. Yeah. Um, so for now, yes. Uh, and I mean, in seeing what's happening in the United States now, like, yeah, I kind of do feel a little safer being here just because I, I mean, if I can, you know, assume the trajectory from what we know now, like it, I'm scared for the U.S. Yeah, me too. And I'm really angry that the people that are in power there have no fucking clue what they're doing, it seems, and have no empathy. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. Um, 
you guys have been great. Um, I do have some, like I said, some questions that I ask everybody that I've talked to so far. Yeah. Um, if you weren't in quarantine right now, what do you think you'd be doing? It's what, Saturday evening for you, right? Yes, it is. Thank you for reminding me. Like, <laughs> oh my. Um, what would we be doing? Well, We'd, um, we would probably... We might be napping. I'm not sure. We um, would probably be well, we would probably getting ready to go out having an aperitif. Yeah. So there's a tradition in Italy. Yeah. Like, it's not so much like happy hour. It happens a little later than like the American happy hour. And it's not... Like, the emphasis isn't on getting drunk. Like, it's like having a light drink before dinner. And you, they always have food with it, which is also really smart. Like, it's just like you pay, like, a flat fee. And, like, you're served really good food, just, like, snacky food. And wine or, like, a spritz or an Americano. It's pretty lovely. Yeah, <laughs> That sounds nice. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I hope you can do that soon. <laughs> We've been making, doing it at home, and we're thankful for that. Like after uh, we finish talking to you, we'll Skype with friends who live in Rome as well, and we'll do an aperitivo. Yeah, nice, nice. Um, good. <laughs> um, what what good do you think will come out of this? I hope that the systems that are in place will change. <laughs> like, I'm, I, don't, I don't know if I have like a lot of hope that that will actually happen. Like I, I worry that we as humans have like, we tend to like forget things very quickly and that things will just go back to normal. I think that's my fear. Um, I, I do hope that people start to realize that the systems that are in place right now aren't working and that we can start to maybe change them. Yeah, like unbridled capitalism, I don't think is working. And I think that this is, you know, just absolutely revealing that. <laughs> yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, and then my next question is, what do you fear? But I think you answered that as well. <laughs> and uh obviously i i fear i mean we were already experiencing tremendous loss and i'm just I'm fearful for that extending even more and it, i mean i i think we know that it it will but i just that's that's like hard to it's a hard pill to swallow yeah and then the last question I have is, how long are you personally prepared to keep going in quarantine for? Like, when do you think you'll reach your breaking point? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. I don't know. I haven't thought about that. I think I don't think I've, want, I've wanted to think about that. So, <laughs> yeah. okay. Just, but, go there. <laughs> but I think that we're doing like. Or I, I can speak for myself, but I'm doing very well in quarantine, to be honest. Like, we are very lucky because if we want, we can go out on the terrace and being on ourselves. Like, uh, yeah, we so, do. Like, the building has a terrace, so we can, like, be outside. 
Um, and so, and we're not living in a one room apartment, so we can have our own space. So I'm ready. If the shutdown will last, I will last more. <laughs> you are way more optimistic than me. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, great. Awesome. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that either of you want to add? I don't know. I think stay I just, home. Yeah, stay home. <laughs> stay home, please. Um, yeah, I'm just thankful for you letting us talk a bit about this, and I'm really thankful for you just doing this, trying to educate people, trying to help people have access to more information, um, letting people share their personal experiences. So, thank you, dude. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm doing my best, and. And I do have to admit, it's a little bit self-serving. It keeps my mind occupied in uh, the quarantine, but I am also super happy that I get to share people's stories and try to give out good info. And I hope that somebody hears it. Right on. <laughs> so thank you. Thank you guys so much for doing this. This thank was you. so awesome. Thank you, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Spent too much time in California. Now I'm in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania.